Welcome to episode 34 of The Decided Heart Effect, where we invite you every week to listen to dynamic guests who share their journeys and tips to living with authentic purpose. I'm Hillary, this is Sonia, and today we are joined by Sara Leahy, who is one of the most amazing human beings that I know. She has been on a hunt for happiness her entire life. Everything that she does, every step that she takes is on her mission to bring joy to everyone around her. And I was lucky enough to get to meet her through a mutual friend. And I can tell you that I have found so much more purpose in being of service to other people and bringing one good thing every day to leave people better than we found them. But Sarah, tell us a little bit, thank you for joining us. Tell us a little bit about how you have now turned that mission into both the Hunting Happiness Project and your newest venture, which is Little Steps Good Life. Yes. Hi, and thank you so much for having me. Um, yes, I think we can all be happy. Um, and I think one of the tricks that I have found in being happy is helping others be happy. And uh, Hunting Happiness Project, I started it in 2010, was inspired by a little girl with a lemonade stand. And I was, I mean, I, my heart is just like gushing of like, how do we do this? Like, how do we support each other? How can we all live um, in peace and harmony and take care of each other? And um, how do we just create that all together collectively? So I'm walking and I see this girl with a love and aid stand and, and my heart's bursting. I'm like, I want to have a love and aid stand. What, what does that look like if I offer what I have in this world? And uh, I started hunting happiness project and our first project was called Love and Aid, as some of you may know. And I basically got everyone together and we all shared a Love and Aid stand. Um, and, and we started it in the Bay Area. We did about 10 in the Bay Area and then we did a world tour and um, the volunteers didn't want to go home. It was just like the greatest thing was getting to have your grown up Love and Aid stand. Um, and share it with the world. So that was um, an amazing journey. And while I was doing that, I was a professional nanny for 17 years. It's crazy to say that, but was, <laughs> I had to- Mary Poppins. Uh, exactly. It was a perfect role for me because I just, I love children. I've always loved children and I love taking care of people. So um, it was really a remarkable also experience of just observing the day-to-day -day kind of familial experiences, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the beauty and the challenges and all of it. And so for me, just, it was so rewarding to be a part of supporting that. And also the insight of understanding um, what works and what doesn't and how we can improve those kind of structures as well. And so I started, hunt, I'm sorry, <laughs> I started Little Steps Good Life. Uh, and my idea was there's a lot of working parents and they're really busy and they're trying to make it all happen, right? They're trying to support their family, take care of the kids, be a good mom, be a good dad, be, you know, like all the roles while maintaining their jobs and like COVID on top is just like a whole other thing. Um, but I, I, saw that there was a potential for supporting kids 
with the kind of soft skills, the social emotional skills that weren't necessarily lacking at home, but that we can build on, right? So I thought, let's start a mentorship program where we can take um, bright people with the knowledge of how to support children with growth mindsets or confidence and all these things that we're starting to see teenagers struggle with now. Can we start a little bit early and support that? And so I found some of the most amazing people I know and, and set up a mentorship program um, so that those children could have an hour or two every week with their mentor who was intentionally supporting those skills and um, setting them up to be more confident, um, you know, teenagers and adults in their lives. Um, unfortunately, because COVID happened, we haven't figured out how to, um, to continue that program, but I hope that we still can. Um, and the other thing is I started doing consulting for parents and um, I just started having all these families I used to work for call me or the families that I did work for call me and say, we're having this issue. What do we do here? How do we deal with this? Um, and so that has also been an incredible rewarding uh, experience for me, especially because as a nanny, my role was to kind of align with every family. Mm -hmm. So I became very tuned to knowing that everyone has different needs and it, it's going to look a little different. Um, and so bringing that as well as my educational background to that um, has been a good combo. That's amazing. I'm, I'm so resonating and just so grateful that you've identified working with little ones and that social emotional, um, it's not just the, the mental emotional health, which is so ultimately important, but what you've mentioned is when they do become teenagers and young adults and then adults, that that is what we have. That's all that we have. You, we can add the skills and techniques and degrees and education. If you don't have that foundational social emotional like sense of self, we're, we're hitting it now, the mental health crisis with our young people, because there's not that, you know, that foundation. And I'm just so grateful that you've identified and started with the wee ones and parents. Because, you know, Hillary, you might agree that parents are doing the best they can. We, we think that we are providing the social emotional training, right? And we may not, we may not be seeing it. And to have you come in and help us identify like, oh, try to figure, try to figure this out for your own or what's that relationship with your kid at home? I mean, just so amazing. Um, so ultimately in all these roles and programs, you are an advocate for happiness. And I would yeah. just love to learn where did that decided heart moment come for you where you did shift and become this advocate? I think like a lot of people, my decided heart moment was born from hardship. Um, and as a very young person in a um, challenging home environment, I, I really started to see what wasn't working in my own home. And from that, I just, uh, basically started a very young study of the human condition. And I committed myself, I decided my heart to taking care of the people around me in the world as best as, I, as best that I can. And, um, and, and I think a lot of decided heart moments probably come from a moment of discomfort um, because otherwise you kind of just go on, you know, with the status quo. So um, it wasn't necessarily a fun moment 
but it was a deep moment and it was a sincere moment. I think what amazes me so much, Sarah, about you is there are so many people that become victims in their life. You know, oh, there was conflict in my home and that's why I am the way that I am. It amazes me the resilience that you have and the purposefulness of, and every time I hear you, if, if you haven't heard her TED talk, you can find it on YouTube called Hunting Happiness. We also have it on our, posted on our Facebook page. And something that really resonated with me and not just resonated, but, but actually astounded me was that you leaned into hurt and pain as a way to try to understand and study how you could help and how you could make things better and how you could bring, and you didn't come out of it. Some people go into that and they either, like I said, they either remain a victim and everything's horrible and sad and awful, or they get so sucked in and they start to focus only on these reparations of, of awful, awful things, which all needs to be done. What I think is so unique is that instinctually as a child, and you still are doing it today, you brought your energy to a higher level. You resonated at a higher level, and then you invite everyone to come there with you in happiness, in joy. An example being when I met you years ago through a mutual friend, it was about your birthday, and you gave a challenge do one good thing. And it was hashtag one good thing, which yeah. we were just joking before this. I had a sign made to you and shipped to you that says hashtag one good thing with your love and aid sign yeah. on it. Um, and it is, it was every single day being creative and thinking of, uh, you know, I remember one day it was, I made labels for water bottles and handed them out that said, do one good thing for someone else. And you couldn't take one unless you promised you were going to go do a good deed. And, and it was, getting creative. I loved it because, because it is who we are meant to be, but we fall out of it with the busyness. We forget to connect. I'm, I'm so grateful to you as a person, because to me, you are the North star of that kind of service and purpose in the world. And, and I love it. I really feel, and thank you so much. I, I feel like I don't know what else we should do here. Like if we're not making this world better, if we're not um, doing our part and also like to reiterate, you know, my inspiration for um, taking care of others, it is a shortcut to taking care of yourself. And you have to be careful because I know um, some people just go the extreme and they, they forget self-care. So that's, we should say that, but um it was a shortcut I found, I guess, to happiness is I realized, I mean, besides that, I sincerely do um, hate that people have to suffer in this world and we all have our sufferings. But um, if you can lift another person up, you are lifting yourself up, like period, right? Um, and I think that's why the love and aid stands were so powerful. People who volunteered, they took away so much. And I think people who volunteer often say that, right? It's, it's, it's giving to them so much. So, and I would love to talk about love and aid stand because um, it's one thing to like, just have this decided heart moment. And for you, again, it, it was a journey, not just a moment and to build that team of love. And then you have this table of energy and positivity. I can't imagine what it's like to approach your table, right? <laughs> yeah. How you love, like, just 
I imagine people approaching at very different levels of, of welcoming, like fear. There might be fear, like, should I approach this table? How did you make that connection to give? It's so true. I mean, we Such care great, for people. So I'd be like, I'm a care bear. And they'd be yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so true. Actually, um, it's so interesting you picked up on that. There were people that were like, what are you selling? Like this, this is Ooh. not for free, mm. right? There's always a catch. Um, nobody is just giving purely from their heart. There's always a story, right? So there was a lot of that. Um, and there were also people that were just like, didn't know how to receive in a certain way. It was just like a new, it's like, wow. And then, I mean, there's just stories after story. Um, there was once we did it in Oregon and someone came off the Pacific coast trail and was like, I haven't seen people in weeks. And this is like the craziest thing to, uh, come upon, but I think for me, it's like, we can light each other up, right? Like that was really the big part of hunting happiness for me was, um, it's like, we have to remember, we have to remember who we are. We have to remember how powerful we are. We have to remember that, um, maybe nobody else is going to do it. Right. So it's like, um, we, there's a lot of power in each of us. And so love and aid was the volunteers remembering their power and like experiencing it. Cause I think it's different to kind of think about it and to experience it. So once you do that one good thing or, you know, step outside your comfort zone a little bit, once it's a visceral experience, um, you can replicate it. Right. If it's kind of a thought like, Oh yeah, I'm empowered. Um, it's not exactly the same. Right. You know, what's interesting to me, Sarah is, is I'm thinking about how I meet people that are so afraid to be vulnerable and they're so afraid to do the kind thing because they're waiting for the other shoe to drop. There's a trust, there's a trust factor out there, right? Um, or a lack of trust factor. And so, and yet when you are brave enough and courageous enough to take that step, yes, it doesn't always come back to you in the most awesome way, but it's, it will build momentum. I mean, can you, can you speak to that? Um, I think it kind of comes back to little steps, good life in a certain way. I think that if we like, we're so excited to get to the moon and advanced technology, which is amazing, like do all these things. But I think if we address children in this very um, different way, like we understand that we are shaping who they are and become, um, we can build a world that is full of children who are um, self-aware, who are, um, who can be love and aid stand builders and build their own versions of, of that. So I think if that answers your question and feel free to, um, but I think if we really address the honor childhood in a different way, we can set up the world for, for all of that, you know. I always remind parents, because um, I work with teens, oh. I always remind them that childhood, because they're teenagers, they're still children, and that we should protect their childhood as long as we possibly can until they leave. And, you know, usually that's 18, 19. And I think that parents get jolted a little bit because they've so, they're so in a rush, too, of, oh, you're a teenager, welcome to adulting. And mm -hmm. I just, I love that message of honoring childhood. It's something that's important to me in my work because it is, um, 
truth, like I said it before, it is the seed, it is the foundation of the, the adults they become. And I cannot imagine how many love and aid stands that your children, the children that you're mentoring, <laughs> you know, worldwide, yeah. you know, that to me is a change of the world. Yeah. That's where we're going to see that shift in that mindset and heart all, all over the place. Right, Hillary? Well, absolutely. I was going to say, I mean, that's, that's one of the things I knew that you two were going to love each other too, because, you know, Sonia's mission is very much to take families when it comes to college counseling and say, okay, hold on. Let's not look at doing, uh, you know, it has to be this and it has to look like this. And if you don't do this, then you haven't honored the family. Let's -hmm. sit down. Let's talk about our values Mm -hmm. as a family. Let's talk about what we want our life to look like as a family. And let's make this decision not based on what society says that it's supposed to be, but on what our moral compass is, on who we are, on what we can afford, because that's going to leave us in a place where we are happier. And (laughs) right. I mean, and you're not because we see all the we see the pressure. I mean, what you're talking about, Zara, is 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 to me my heart is just about to burst. I wish I could like reach out and talk to our listeners and shake them and say, it starts with you. It starts with the kindness in your family. It starts with how you talk to one another. It starts with how you honor one another. And then the encouragement to go out and to do the one nice thing, to help the person with their car door, to put the cart back where it's supposed to go, all of those things together, Mm -hmm. one person at a time, maybe that doesn't make that much of a difference. But when we join together, when there's two of us, when there's three of us, and now we're telling other people, that's when we start to change the world. Yeah. And, And I feel like as you were just describing that, it does feel like it's layers, right? It's like, we need to do that with ourselves, right? Like realign. And I think we're busy and then we just kind of um, not lose our north, but priorities shift, right? And you gotta pay the bills and you gotta do this and the dinner's burning and you just like so many things going on. Um, Part of what I do with parents is like you, Sonia, kind of um, realign them with their goals. Like, okay, let's, let's decide this is what your goals are and how do we move forward towards that goal? But I think, again, we're just like on this fast train um, to get to these six different finish lines at the same time that we lose, we lose that a bit. Right. It really is getting centered. I mean, it truly is getting centered, but it's taking the time <laughs> to yeah. have a decided heart, quite frankly. Yeah. The families have to have a decided heart too. And I guess I have a question for you too, Sarah, that is, you to me have always symbolized this endless, I mean, again, never met in person when the fires hit, you reached out to me and said, all right, sister, you need to come up and stay with me because you're welcome to, I mean, you didn't even hesitate and we never again have met in person. This has all been a a virtual relationship and I wonder how do you fill yourself up? How do you, because it it is, you are giving so much on a constant basis. Um, You know, children fill me up in a certain way because I do know plenty of amazing adults like you two that are um, really, open and loving and um but children are so 
how do I explain it? I mean, you know, right. They're just, so a lot of it is, is spending time with children. It, it puts me in my heart space and it, and I kind of live there um, without, and I have my stuff, right? Like um, I have my hard moments, my bad days, whatever. Um, I try not to take my grumpiness too seriously. Like I'll make jokes about like, Oh, I'm grumpy and just make it lighthearted if I can. But children, children really fill me up um, exercise which I have to say during this pandemic has been a challenge. Um, but, but yeah, those, those are the two things. But I do think that for anyone watching this, I mean, we're talking a lot about happiness, um, but I think some people can't even think about happiness, right? They're, they're just trying to do something a little bit more basic um, in a certain way. And so I wanna also acknowledge that it's like, you know, we're not all in the space where we can just be like, oh my gosh, how can I be happy and make the whole world happy? It's like, I'm just trying to get through this day, right? So I think that's also important to acknowledge. Um, and we all have our gifts to give. So if you're that person who's just trying to make it through this day, um, the gift you can give is to yourself. And I think that that's important also, right? Oh, definitely. I, I think when you say cent the center, you know, find the you, find the center, and sometimes it's sit in that silence. The, the power of silence for ourselves um, in a relationship is just, we don't have that enough. We don't have that pause to just simply be. I think I identify with when you say children, it's their power of vulnerability. They don't know that vulnerability is not supposed to be hidden. <laughs> like, yeah. they just own it. They own it. They find it as a strength. And that is just so inspiring to me. It reminds me that I can sit in my vulnerability and be very comfortable with that. Uh, and it's interesting how you're getting you're getting trained by the children. <laughs> like, oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I, thank you, teacher. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love it. Well, and then before I close up, I just wanted to to remind others. I'm going to advocate for your TED talk because I sat in that um, that talk this morning, and it truly was an energy changer for me, an awareness changer. And I'm going to quote you here. But you did say a couple of things I want to share. Don't hold your happiness hostage because you're afraid of pain. Uh, and I think that, uh, like Hillary, you've you've noted, you know, that we, we become victims sometimes. Like we're more comfortable sitting in that pain. We'll hold ha happiness hostage. And I thought that was so powerful. Um, the other thing is, and we talked about this a lot, is you know the power to give. So once you're ready and you do have that self-care, that one action, it starts with one, and then all of a sudden you're volunteering at Love and Need, <laughs> right? There's a power to give. And then um, what centers me is that love is my compass. And it shifts, that needle shifts. It can go south sometimes, but it's always my compass. And I just, I really want those, right now those quotes to me, your voice is sitting there um, mm -hmm. in my mind throughout the whole day today. So thank you. And thank you guys so much for doing this and inspiring us all to um, find our decided heart every day, moment to moment. So I really appreciate you guys doing this. It's beautiful. Thank you so much, Sarah. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us for the, the Decided Heart Effect. We do hope that you have found something to inspire you to take one action today. Um, don't forget to subscribe. So we're on YouTube channel. We're also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, follow us on Instagram and Facebook because this conversation is continuing on to those platforms. 
You can either connect with Hillary and I individually as well for life coaching or college counseling. But until next time, we want you to hopefully find the courage to make a decided heart. So you guys have a good one.